0: Welcome to the Tell Me Something Good Show, where every week we share with you, well, something good. Because who knows, it just might change your life one week at a time. I'm Brett, and together with my co-host Paolo, we want to help you see the bright side. Because there's always good in the world. You just have to know where to look. You just have to know where to look.
1: What up, gang gang? Yeah, hit him with it. Sup? Oh.
0: Yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah. What's up? That's how I (laughs) actually—I've realised Mason is my son. Is uh, he greets people the way I do? So he'll say "What's up," like he'll say it to people you should probably shouldn't, like teachers. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. But whatever. I'm sure they think it's funny. They do. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get into, Oh, that light is gonna bug me out. Brett's got a light buffer right now that um, that keeps flashing on and off. It's like every time I say something, it goes off. Like the opposite of a good idea
0: ready to go yeah well don't looks
1: let like, it don't loosen it so it falls on your head
0: looks like we need to go to home depot
1: yeah shout out fun times in the suburbs <laughs> oh, i don't know. i just looked at the light and got blurry eyes. anyway my something good today so i'm listening to let me just double check the name of the book um it's by reed hastings the ceo and founder of netflix mm. um so this isn't a This isn't a money thing here or or even a business thing. It's called No Rules Rules, Netflix and the Cultural Revolution. So I I haven't got that far into it, but there was a story that starts with where it talks about how they went into, him and his partner went into a meeting with Blockbuster, who at the time was worth $9 billion. Netflix was like a thousand times smaller in Mm -hmm. terms of revenue and stuff. You know, at that time, they were in their second year and $57 million in debt. Or not even in debt their operational revenue was 57 million negative um blockbuster obviously declined and we know the, the the rest of the story but it was just a real when you if you just pause at that moment and just think about all the all the different paths that those people could have taken and how history just in your future just kind of unfolds in a way you just never know because mm-hmm. even you know they walked out of the meeting blockbuster said we're not interested in buying you why would we Look at you guys, but it was just like, and again, it's not about money or business. It's just if you have something you believe in and you're passionate about, stick with it because you never know. And I love that saying. I've said it on here before that there's never much traffic on the extra mile. Sometimes you just have to stick with your guns and keep doing what you're doing. Keep keep hustling. Hustle has become a bit of a crappy word now, but you know, right? There's kind
0: of a double meaning.
1: Keep being driven. And hopefully you'll get the fruits of your rewards. That that's that, that's not what it is. The fruits of your labor. The fruits are the rewards. Right. And you it's about I mean?
0: the journey, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm I there's a couple we were just talking about like Instagram branding and stuff. And I, I I've kind of prevented myself from even starting because I've already jumped ahead and said, Well no one's gonna look at that, so what's the point? But you see that all the time, you know, people who do podcasts, people who start writing how many people I know that have written blogs, myself included, started writing blogs. And then just stop. Yeah, you're raising your hand My too. hand is up yeah. high. <laughs> I mean, I, I was pro- I was like prolific with blog music blogs back in the like mid, mid. Uh, what we, what's the decade that was just gone? Were, the 2000s? No, the, the next decade. The 20-teens? The um The aughts. The aughts? No, that's the 2000s, yeah. right? So like the
0: ones? What well, God, what is that called? We're going to have to Google this. Yikes. We'll, we'll
1: call it the 20-teens. But I hear you. But yeah, I was prolific. <laughs> and then like the, the, the readership kind of stagnated and I just stopped.
0: Yeah. What's hard Who knows? That, if though? I
1: kept going, I could have become a music journalist or something, or someone could have seen it and picked me up as a an analyst for a, for music tech or whatever. Mm-hmm. You just don't know, right? So the the point being, yeah, sure, you, it might not be that uh, that grand when it comes to Netflix and Blockbuster, but you know that just goes same stories with Apple. Apple was ninety days away from declaring bankruptcy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they got you know. Steve Jobs finagled some some deals or whatever, and I look at them now.
0: Have you ever read Shoe Dog by Phil Knight? I have the that, guy who and I haven't read it. I you haven't. would love it. Yeah. It's the same story. It's Nike. Okay. I mean, they that is like the one of the most incredible stories I've ever right. read. Um, he's just an amazing man. He yeah. was, I believe, he passed away. But uh, yeah, Nike came very close yeah. many times to right. not making
1: it. Yeah, and, and you know, I can relate to that as a business owner, especially right now. Yes. But, you know, th- even when things are tough, you just have to. If you be- like, I said, if you believe in what you're doing, but and it could be anything. It could be how you're parenting. Like, if your kid is not responding to certain parenting skill or parenting uh, techniques you're using, but you, you know, you know it will work. Keep going. Keep doing it. Yeah. Just anything in life. Right. I've seen so many people start stuff and not follow through and finish. That's right yep and you know we're we're, we're our own biggest hurdles and, and roadblocks you know it's that voice in your head
0: yes absolutely
1: so that was yeah I, I definitely recommend it I'm really enjoying it I only started it yesterday
0: all right well we'll put that in the yeah, show notes because yeah. I'd i love to pick that one up too you know
1: too. We, we actually forgot to put in the show notes last week the, or what two know? weeks ago the books the, the, the poet
0: oh gosh yeah, yeah I did and I have a new one too so I'll, I'll just add that one yeah, in yeah throw them in why not throw
1: them in so today we we are talking about I, I this was kind of inspired by a conversation I had with a client um, and I'll, I'll explain why in a little bit but I was like it was about something that happened to me in my life or something that was happening to me in my life and she was the one who said she was like I think that's really affected who you are and it's really shaped who you are
0: mm-hmm.
1: and again we'll, we'll get into that and it made me think well I think that would actually help us and help everybody if we could objectively step back and look at three three events or three um, underlying like events—not the right word, but like three or three conditions or situations that have affected us in in a certain way or profound way, and then that shapes who we have become. Because if you do that and step back and say, "All right, okay, for, why am I insecure?" and then you 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 can step back and say, "Well, that's the reason, actually." So. I shouldn't feel insecure right now because I've gotten through that, mm-hmm. but that's why I'm feeling this way. And oftentimes when you accept why you feel a certain way, mm-hmm. it's easier to just feel that way and, and get past it. So I thought it'd be real interesting if the two of us gave three, three things that shaped us and then, you know, I encourage you guys to do the same thing just by yourself. Just think like, okay, what has, what has shaped me? What, what happened? Is this why I'm always angry about this thing or, you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I love it. So I think we'll
1: go we'll go one and one. So you, okay. you start and then I'll, right. I'll do one. All
0: right. I'll start. Mine were more like moment. Well, mine were more moments. Okay. Um and I think in terms of if we're going to talk specifically about what shaped us. Mm-hmm. For me, I would say and this isn't necessarily a moment, it's more just like the way I was kind of raised. Yeah. Um and I was raised in a way where I wasn't I had a very comfortable life, but the message that I had to work for what I get yeah. was instilled in me at a very early age. And I wasn't handed things on a silver platter. And I think that really has shaped to this day who I am because it's trickled into my parenting philosophy. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't grow up with. I didn't grow up with iPhones. Things were Whoa, so different. Bunny bunny. We didn't <laughs> they have They didn't exist back then. Yeah, we didn't have Amazon. We didn't have immediate yeah, gratification. Yeah. My parents both worked. I was a latchkey kid. I came home alone from the age of, you know, 11. Yeah. And my parents did a great job providing for us, but the fact that I wasn't coddled. The fact that I didn't have helicopter parents, I think, really helped me become a strong individual person. Mm-hmm. Especially as I was sort of entering my 20s, I just... I always knew that I'd have to do it on my own. Yeah. And it, it very much is at play now in the way we raise our kids. Luckily, John was raised the same way. And I... Really appreciate my childhood, given how different things are today. Yeah, it's funny because when you're growing up, you never realize that eventually, someday, you'll look back. Yeah, you know, my kids, I'm sure, will look back at their. Who knows the way things are going to be in like 20 years? I'm sure they'll be wildly different. Hopefully and the, you they know, won't
1: remember this year though.
0: They will yeah. though, right? This well, will be a seminal. Yeah, yours, true. yours probably won't. Mine, well yeah. though, especially yeah. Nate. L- William might not. The six-year-old might wipe this clean yeah. <laughs> i think this has Here's hit him the, the hard hardest thing. but um yeah so mm-hmm. sort of think my childhood
1: yeah so general just general childhood yeah 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 i mean and, that, and that's it like oftentimes you know if e- so, e- for example you might feel like you're being too tough on your kid right for compare, right because my parents to, were very tough love yeah. my,
0: my dad was a disciplinarian and yeah. he was very tough love Yeah.
1: So i mean i just parked my car outside brett's house Walk down the very long driveway. They've got <laughs> such a huge plot of land. Oh, please! <laughs> um But two doors down, I see someone pull out with a G wagon, which is like a two hundred thousand dollar car.
0: Down the street. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was just like, wow. They have, they have four of those. Four cars. Four
0: cars. And each of them, I would say, are that level.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just like wow. Mm. So you know, you're you're raising your raising your children in a very affluent area. So it's yeah. very easy. Our neighbors to... that way are the same. Yeah. So yeah. You, you know, it's very easy to be like. Oh, well, they, you know, that kid's got a phone. Maybe I should get my kid a phone or what? They got the new Xbox already. All right. <laughs> you know, like things like that. Yeah. So, but knowing where you came from is a, a big deal.
0: Yes. I mean, and you know, luckily John's the same way so that we both yeah. kind of, you know, we also, I mean, we don't really have the resources for right. all that, but um, I think we do just always kind of try to keep it basic, yeah. which isn't a good word these no, days, and, and but we do. Knowing
1: you guys very well, like I do, I, I would hundred percent sign off on that. Yeah, those kids aren't spoiled at all. I hope I mean. not. No, they're not. Very good kids. Yeah.
0: Even though William already has the new, we have a new babysitter and she's already buying him. She brought toys for him yesterday That's and she fault. was buying him. I was like,
1: what? That's not your fault.
0: <laughs> and he said, mom, I just turned on the charm. <laughs> well,
1: you know, it's funny. I, I'm a big believer in, like when it comes to the kids' birthdays, I don't really buy them much, even at Christmas. I'm like, everyone else is going to buy them stuff. I mm. prefer to buy them stuff during Throughout the year, the year. And as, as things, you know, if... And I don't tr- tend to reward them f- with toys and stuff. But yeah, I, I, I feel like they become a little less spoiled that way.
0: Yeah, you know? we're that way too, I would yeah. say.
1: Um, yeah, so my one, definitely I think, and this is what the reason was that inspired the, this topic, was growing up with acne. Like that mm. is what completely shaped, it's, it still has effects on how I see myself, how I am when I walk into a room like i don't want attention on me hmm. it, which is funny when i'm on stage i do like i, I like performing
0: so but, yeah that's so interesting because you wanted to perform though from an early age yeah well
1: that was before i got the acne i mean gotcha. when i was like okay, five right. or six years old i would at the end of every semester i would perform to my class i do michael jackson songs and perform <laughs> and i had a one the most famous concert was probably when i had a, a it was during the, the era of when pop stars used to rip their pants off. Yes. So I had yes. I put a pair of sweatpants over my jeans, but they didn't rip, so I had to like just take them off. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> I still remember that. I was like literally That's five amazing. Years old.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, so like even today, I don't I don't like the attention of walking into a room and I, I don't want I, I, don't know, I shy away from people looking at me or starting conversations because it still makes me feel insecure. So, and not only did I have acne, I had braces. Uh, I mean, if. If you go if you follow my private Instagram, I've posted pictures before of what I used to look like. I mean I was covered. I walked into the um the dermatologist. Finally when I got to about sixteen, seventeen, I tried all these antibiotics and steroids and everything and they just weren't working. I said to my there was one treatment left which is riacotane. Mm. And you know, they had had pretty strong side effects. It was a pretty brutal yes. drug. Um But I, I I looked in the mirror one day and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. So I went down I remember <clears throat> exactly what happened in the bathroom, my, my parents' house went downstairs like Mom, that I, I wanna I wanna do it. So we go to the dermatologist and he has a, mm-hmm. a dictaphone. Um, have I told this story before on her? I don't know if I didn't like the first episode. But anyway, he um, It's been a while if you have Yeah. He he's talking to his dictaphone and he says, Oh this is by far one of the worst cases I've ever seen. And this right. is a 15-, 16 year old kid standing there with a shirt off. You know, so like that that really affected who I am and it's definitely shaped how I you know, like I said, how I look at myself, how mm-hmm. I my confidence when I walk into a room. Um And yes, it definitely, definitely fuels any insecurities I have is, is from that. Mm. But again, when I'm feeling insecure, what I've tried to do is remind myself, that's why you feel that way and you don't have that problem anymore. Right. So.
0: It's the way you're thinking about it. Yeah. It's not reality. I'm
1: still that teenager that, you know, because at that age, I was the tallest kid, believe it or not, in my grade Mm. or one of the tallest kids. And I've told that story about how I, I basically stopped growing, um, I had acne, had braces and glasses and I had the, I had the overbite. So I had the, the retainers with the two blocks in them that like kept your jaw forward. I was, it was, it was, it was was embarrassing. And then of course i got this acne flare. Yeah. Like people couldn't even pat me on the back because it would burst. we used to wear white shirts at school. So I'd have like blood stains on my, I remember a teacher like pat me on the back saying, she said, good job. And then I looked behind and of course it's red. It It was terrible. But like that's what that's what's shaped my insecurities. Mm. So it, it does help to re- remind myself of that's why you feel that way. Because before that, like I said, I was a show off. Right. I wanted all the attention on me. I was. I look at Mason now. I'm like, that was me. Yeah. I'm not quite as crazy. I wasn't quite as crazy <laughs> as him. But like that was me. I wanted attention all the time.
0: It's so and then, interesting. Then it changed. They say the thing that in ch- they say that the thing in childhood that you were lacking Mm -hmm. or like you wanted and couldn't get is what will hold you back the most as an adult so if you can figure out what that is you're gonna be okay Mm -hmm. but like until you examine your childhood and figure out you know Mm -hmm. i think few of us have instances where we don't have something like that. that's why therapists always go back to your childhood yeah um but they also say they go back you know you should go back to when you were like very early childhood and think about what made you happy and who you were because yeah. apparently that is still like who you are. Yeah. That's something that like life coaches always say to do an exercise of like yeah. what made you happy back then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's I do that a lot with soccer like but it has a, a a double-edged sword right because I was a standout soccer player as a kid. And Now, I haven't been playing very often, so when I play, I can't do what I used to do. Now I'm getting older, I'm not as fast anymore, whatever. So as much as I enjoy doing it, it kind of depresses me a little bit too, because I'm like, oh, what? I can't do what I used to do. What's the point? But that's exactly why I still play, because it reminds me of some of the good times back then.
0: Yes, and remember... Remember that concept of don't compare up, compare yeah. down. Yeah. You're lucky you can play soccer. Right. There's plenty of people in this world who would love to be running and yeah, playing, and they can't. All yeah. Right. So, exactly.
1: You know? Yeah. All right. What's your next one? So,
0: my next one is when I went to Paris uh, mm-hmm. in college. Oui, oui, Paris. That's right. Paris, oui. Mm-hmm,
1: <laughs>
0: la la. <laughs> Um, so I ended up majoring in French and I would say in college is when I really developed a love for it. Mm-hmm. And then, so growing up, I would say rarely ate dinners out. If ever I was on a plane once, I think, before I went to college, okay. I'd been on a plane once I'd never left the country. My worldview is just very small. Yeah. Uh, I did a lot of, I did, I got most of my worldview through books and my parents made me read the New York Times every night, which yeah. is hilarious, but actually it was smart in retrospect. But going to Paris just, first of all, it was really hard. I was thrown into it in a way that I doubt people are thrown into it these days, but it was pretty much sink or swim. The family I live with did not really speak English. You know, when yeah. I look back on it, I think of the, the room that I lived in. It just was <laughs> absolutely ridiculous, but... I learned so much just from being thrown into a different culture. Right. It really changed my entire worldview. I developed a love for travel. I developed a love for France in particular, but just also different cultures, and it it made me appreciate so much. And that still I still have that today. And right now, there's no traveling, so once again, I'm back to books. Yeah, but just being able to see the world and have that experience was so formative for me. Yeah. And hopefully our kids will get to have that too.
1: Good. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. They've already probably traveled more than you did as a kid. Abs- oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: yeah. They have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> so funny.
1: I know. So I, I look back and say, I really definitely took a, took for granted as a kid, all the, the places, you know, my parents took us. You know? Yes. And I, I often say like, At the time, I hated seeing all the churches and all the, the touristy things and or whatever. But now I wish I could go back and do it. Yes, I appreciate it now. Yes, it really is wasted on the youth.
0: John's parents um, were amazing about travel, so he grew up having he's been to you know he's been to so many places, and he tells stories about he and his brother are kind of the same way. Yeah, but that's one of the things that I always loved about him. Even when I met him, I had been to France at that point, but. Other than that, my worldview still was a little bit smaller. So I just always, I found that so interesting that he'd been to so many places and was a little bit more sophisticated. But I think it's, I think it's important to understand, you know, I think a lot of people could do with an understanding that the world's a really big place and there's a lot of different cultures and beliefs and there's so much that we take for granted in this country that are not the norms throughout the rest of the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, so I, this was going to be my third one, but it actually is very uh, poignant to your point, and it's about about growing up in London mm. because I grew up where you know there were it's very typical, stereotypical, but you had a lot of Indian, Pakistani families, mm-hmm. and they had the corner shops. You had the the Greek and the um, the Turkish. They had their you know their restaurants and and that and. Just growing up in that melting pot, yeah. like I, I just grew up never really seeing people as like being English to me was living in England. Like it was and you'd have, I'd have friends who had accents because
0: mm-hmm.
1: they were first, second generation also in England. So, you know, the, the accent was still rubbing off on them. Um, but it really did shape, like I said, my worldview and how, how I look at people like I, it doesn't affect me. And I don't care what color your skin is because I grew grew up with you. I grew up, you know, some of my best friends were of all, I don't think I had a couple of white best friends growing up, but most of the friends I was close with were of a different color skin to me. Mm. And it just really shaped how I look at the world. And, you know, it's a shame that we all kind of, we all do it. Like how you kind of just go to your own and it's normal. Sure, but it really does. You you get into this bubble, and then you you just you start to to feel feel maybe even feel feel things that you wouldn't normally feel just because it's the group mentality, the herd yes. mentality of doing it. So I think even if you live in an area that's predominantly you know one race or religion or I mean that's another thing. Even religion, like my Jewish friends over there um, celebrate Christmas. And even, you know, my Hindu friends, they celebrate Christmas. It wasn't a religious thing. Christmas was never a religious thing to me. It was just a happy time of year. Um, So that was actually quite interesting moving over here, seeing how kind of segregated all the religious holidays were. Yeah. You'd have people that didn't observe it, people that did observe it. So I, I always encourage people to, and I'm trying to do it with my kids, like even if you live in an area that's just one type of person or nationality or whatever, like, Go to places where you're going to find other, other ilks or other types because yes. you want children to grow up not thinking that they're the only, you know, race or, or type of person in the world, because that's where the ignorance and the arrogance comes from. Yes. You know, and, and the, uh, the entitlement. Yes.
0: So, that's one of the reasons why I do love, I mean, the town we live in has its problems, but it's also extremely diverse. Yeah. And it's one of the things I love about our town yeah. because it's just normal to see a diverse population. And I do think travel, like this is where travel is just so important to me because it, it just, it keeps, it lets you have it keeps you humble, lets you have an open mind. Last year, around this time in September, I went to Sayulita in Mexico for a retreat and just, I mean, I was like crying the whole time, just seeing the way they lived. And it just was, they live so simply, it's almost like They've come a long way, but it's almost like a third world type situation. Yeah. And, but they're so happy. They're, you know, the people there, they just, they live so simply, but they seemed so happy. And that was deeply affecting to me. Ironically, that, that trip came right before the lockdown when things got a lot simpler. So it's, it's just interesting to me on a, you know, like the universe kind of was trying to tell me something, I think. But even that, I mean, just that experience alone, I came back and I, something shifted. My eyes were open in a different way. Yeah.
1: Well, it was like when people go off to uh, to Africa to to do you know, pledge missions or, or teaching things. Right. And, yeah, you you there's no way you can't come back humbled and and with a new perspective on things. Yes. But I th- I, th- I think everybody does fall into that trap of like you just you you, st- you kind of put the blinders up a little bit and you stop look you stop looking with your eyes wide open. Well,
0: it's comf- it's a comfort yeah. thing. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely, growing up where I grew up, definitely.
0: Well, that's one of the things I love about, I was biased toward France for so long because that was my experience, but John loves London. And so I've been there now, I think three times with him and I love London so much, largely because it is the melting pot, yeah. and like the food there is so. I don't necessarily love traditional English food, right? But
1: well, cuisine in London,
0: <laughs> right? Well, like bangers and mash. Do you know, what the most
1: popular food over there is Indian food.
0: Well, that's what yeah. I've never eaten such good Indian food, yeah. and there's the Greek there. food there. Like the, you know, as you were yeah. saying, like there's just so many amazing restaurants, and now the cuisine, what you I guess would consider English yeah. cuisine, has has gone up so so much yeah. largely I think because of those influences oh, yeah. but it's just such a it's such a diverse city I really love it that way I mean Paris is beautiful and and everything you know all the things that we yeah, know yeah. and love about it but London is just I think just such a cool such a cool city that way yeah it's one of my favorites for sure
1: yeah I'm trying to get back there next year if, if we can
0: it's so fun yeah
1: all right, last one for you.
0: Last one for me. It's hard to do just 3. Yeah. But I think I'll say 911. Yeah. I was um let's see 24 on 911. So, I had graduated from college just 3 years before and it I consider 911 the the day I became an adult. Okay. Because it's hard to I mean it's hard to understand. I think for kids these days it they're just never going to understand it, but when it happened, it was truly unbelievable. Yeah. Nothing like that had ever happened. I mean it was so not in anyone's consciousness that somebody could fly Yeah. an air, you know, an airplane like that into a tower.
1: Yeah.
0: And it was the day where some a lot of my assumptions about humanity and the world were just completely shattered. And also the fact that there's not really anyone that's going to stop evil from happening. Right. And it was all, you know, these were just things that were sort of in the back of my head that yeah. I'd never really thought through, you know, or that my friend's some bad things can happen to our parents, you know, cause I, I know people, their parents were in the building. Yeah. So it just was really the first time when I was confronted with a reality like that. Yeah. And once again, I would say my entire worldview shifted after that day.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, th- I think we talked about nine 11 one of these. Episodes. We did. Yeah. 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 But one of the, one of the things that it, it that stuck out to me aside from the, the horrificness of it was just I remember at that time I was 15 at the time 14 and the thing that struck me although I had kind of opened my eyes to the world was like so a couple of bad people did something awful and we're all now having I mean Compared to losing lives, it's, it's nothing. But, like, the changes we had to make, society, you know, in terms of security and, and all this. Mm-hmm. And over here, the liberties that we had to give up yes. th- because of the Patriot Act. Um, because of a couple bad people. We like, went to
0: war because yeah. of that.
1: So it just, it's just like, wow, like, like you said, there's not... We can have the majority of good, but the good have to be the ones that change and, and are affected by a couple of bad ex Yes, you know, and unfortunately, that's the way the world works. Yes. You know? Think about all the money that would be safe. We could erase poverty if we didn't have to have armies. Yes. You know, it's crazy.
0: Yes. Or that just things are also always at play that we can't see. Yeah. There's things always going on that we can't see. Yeah. Good and bad. Yeah. And I think it led to... The good thing about it is it just it just led toward to more self reliance and of course, an appreciation for life because that was another thing that was just so stark about it was that you can have a crystal clear blue blue sky, beautiful day, yeah, and everything can change in a minute. The world can literally end in a minute, yeah. and so you just have to appreciate every day that appreciate you have life, yeah. yes
1: um all right, well. This one's not as that was a little sobering. Yeah. I no, it was about, I was, I was like, where does my work ethic come from? Because obviously I want my kids to have the same drive that I do. Um, I want them to be able to say no better than I do. But and it, but it all goes back to, my, I think it was my first job as a paper boy. And hmm. that's where it came from. Like, you know, at 13, who wants to get up at five in the morning, walk down to the paper shop, right. load up a big bag of papers, which was heavy at the time and then schlep around a few miles in the cold sometimes in the rain and like who wants to do that mm-hmm. but like that's where it came from and that really did shape how i you know how i view hard work and yes i and think if
0: your parents had been like you know what no like here's here's that, yeah here's that money yeah, just don't exactly. worry about yeah, it
1: get some get some sleep yeah um, and then, you know, I, I, had a few other little jobs in between, but then when I was a milkman as well, that was like, we started at 10 at night, we finished six, seven in the morning. Amazing. And sometimes I would go and do my other job from on a Saturday morning, it would be 10 to seven. And then I sleep for like an hour, get up at nine and go and do, go and work at the Spurs shop. Um, but yeah, that, that's really what shaped me in terms of, you know, it was, it could have been very easy to have been lazy and not gotten up early, right. not gone out in the wind and the rain or whatever. Which in England happened a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that definitely showed me. So I, I I definitely I definitely want to have my kids working from a, you know, obviously illegal. <laughs> yeah. And they're legally able to work starting next year. But like, having said that, like I do feel over here, there's too many protections for kids. Like they don't fucking work. Excuse my French.
0: Well, there's ways you can do you it. You can. Without... I mean, yeah.
1: Don't exploit kids, but like you can have them be. There like was something. But I wanted to hire someone who was 16 at the gym, and. There was all this paperwork we had. To, we would have had to have done and and apply to the New Jersey State Bureau or whatever Labor Bureau, or whatever it was.
0: What's the minimum age you can hire?
1: I believe it's sixteen, but then then you have to do. You have to jump through. Really? Holes, yeah.
0: I feel like it hasn't always been like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I started again, I could, working. I could be wrong, but that that's hmm. that we just didn't go through with it because it was like, well, too much hassle. That's
0: so interesting. I yeah. mean, it's good to be protecting children, but yeah.
1: Hmm. Well, yeah, exactly. There's, there's a fine. Maybe that's a, a why it's combined.
0: gotten so bureaucratic. Yeah, I don't know.
1: So yeah, so that yeah, so I, I, I always encourage, um, encourage people to, to have their kids working or, or doing, even if it's like working around the house for you. Exactly. You know, it doesn't have to be rewarded with money. It's just that sense of, you know, because when I did the paper, I was like. I wanted to make sure the paper was folded in the right way when it went through the letterbox and then want mm-hmm. to get it all scrunched up or ripped or place it right on the mat. And it took an extra second or two, but like I, f- I felt pride in that. Yeah. And then it was the same with the milk when we're delivering that. So, yeah.
0: One of the things that happens with parenthood, and I've talked about this with my therapist when I've complained that I do everything, is that you have to do things for your kids for a little yes. while when they're really little. You have to. But it's easy to forget that, at a certain point you don't have to keep doing everything yeah. for them. So I think a lot of parents forget that and keep doing everything. Right. So at a certain age, it's important to get them to start pitching in, yeah. which I still am working on. That's hard for me to give up for some reason, yeah. but Andrea's, they feel better. I feel better.
1: Andrea is better at that than I am in terms like of being, you know, being on Mason's ass to do stuff because he can do it. And he, but like you said, it's easier of just if, I'll I'll clean up. We've got to go. Like, let me just pick it up.
0: Same, right? Yeah. William is a real lollygagger. How much do you love that word? Yeah. I love that word.
1: <laughs> but what does he, he will mean? take lollygag. Like, because because it you're means you're
0: just wasting time. La la la, like taking forever if to do yeah, something. If you break
1: it down. You're actually gagging on a lolly, which means you <laughs> can't eat a lolly.
0: <laughs> it just properly. means you are slow, yeah. dawdling. Yeah. And Gallygally. so he has a lot of trouble focusing. So like getting dressed will be. Yeah. The longest exercise, so you know, I'll just eventually be like, "Oh, put your arms up." I'm just gonna put your shirt on. (laughs) But yeah, okay, it's important. Yes, definitely.
1: Yeah, so like I said, I I think it would be real interesting if anyone who listens to this takes a step back and says, "Right, what three things shape me, good or bad?" Yes. Like, why am I how I am? And you know, if it is something like an insecurity or, or an anger issue or whatever. It will help you get through those things because you can step back and say, all right, well, that's why I feel this way. It's not my, it's not necessarily my fault. This is why I feel this way. Yes. Or, this is why I am who I am.
0: I enjoyed it. It's an interesting exercise. Yeah. It is. It was interesting for me to realize too that there are some some more things that have shaped me in adulthood, but most of the formative things happen. They do when in my childhood. early childhood, and then I'd say to my mid twenties, and then that's it, which is well, so weird.
1: Yeah, I mean, things happen to us when we're older, and you know, like I've been through a marriage, and then and, then and like so becoming a parent, obviously. Yeah, but you like know. you learn the more relationships you're in, the more you learn how to. Okay, I shouldn't. I was too. Too jealous then. I won't be jealous now. And just little things like that. You learn as you go along. There are things like that. But in terms of like underlying things that affected you, most of them do happen as a kid. Yeah. So like even going back to my acne thing, like it's one of the reasons I have a hard time saying no because I want to feel. As much as I don't want attention, I want to feel loved. Like I used to, you know, I had all these crushes on girls, I always get rejected. So I, I would always want to, I would always want to please. So you know, now I step back and I go, why am I a personal trainer? Why do I do real estate? because I want to help people. Why do I want to help people? It's because I want to please people and I want, you know, because you weren't. Yeah.
0: You had yeah. a lack.
1: Yeah, exactly. But that's I mean, really interesting. And that's a way of channeling go, oh, wow. it in a,
0: in a good way. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. But you just have to be careful to not
1: go overboard. Yeah, exactly. Don't with the people be pleasing. Needy and you know, got to put yourself yeah, or
0: first. like just overextending yourself yeah, and exactly. getting into situations where you're doing something that you don't really, really want to be doing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah
1: i have that problem too i, I should get off the corner <laughs>
0: what? you had to just slide something in oh, could we
1: have we have to pick it up a little bit uh all
0: right well all that's
1: right. a wrap it was a good short one today it was
0: yeah, concise short and sweet baby mm-hmm. oh yeah uh-uh-uh yeah.
1: <laughs> as, the, as the pre-workout just kicked in i
0: don't know i just felt something you didn't come over a, me. We didn't have
1: a moment in the session earlier
0: i know i guess yeah, this is it, I think this is it.
1: Oh, God. i'm gonna stop recording before you <laughs> there guys, was a
0: little shimmy that you all missed too before you
1: get us cancelled
0: yeah <laughs> bye. bye no one
1: <laughs> don't forget to rate subscribe and review otherwise no one's gonna find us and we want people to love it as much as you do this is my piece back in london Summertime, sip a little something Yeah, the whole place is bumping, jumping But I only see one thing So tell me what you want to do We could leave in a few bound bounds with the crew Or we can stay in the middle with this room And dance not away like there's nothing else to do Damn, you're so aggravating The place has got to keep me waiting But rap don't get a your station Yeah, you're smoother than your game at like Mason And she's so hard to forget No disrespect, but my girl was the best The way that you look, girl, you're making me sweat I love to love you like this hook was suggestion